Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm Danny V, podcast host and children's author. I also do some work in publishing in acquisitions and publicity. As we hurdle towards one million plays, we'll continue to provide you with the conversational, vulnerable, honest and fun chats with your favourite authors across all genres. Check out our takeover episodes, usually released on a Friday, and our spin-offs released during the month. Thank you for being here, being part of the journey, and supporting Aussie Creatives. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. We have a treat for you today because I welcome Kid Lit creators Nathan Luff and Chris Kennett. Nathan is author of Bad Grammar, Chris Kennett is illustrator of School of Monsters and Crossbones, but together, together they've taken over the world and they created Nerd Herd and Family Disasters. Welcome back, Nathan and Chris. Thanks for having us. Hello, thank you. Now, Family Disasters is something we're going to talk about, um, our own Family Disasters, plus the book. Uh, <laughs> do you want to hit us up with an elevator pitch for you, Family you would, Disasters? You would think, do you know this is, um, I think this is book number eight. You'd think by now that I would know to prepare mm. an elevator pitch. Mm. I'm glad that you haven't, things. though, because yeah. it really stresses out everyone who I bring <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, the, the concept the concept of the series is that there, there is this family. They are kind of an extremely embarrassing family. So Jacob is the, the protagonist. His parents are extremely embarrassing. And that idea of they go on a holiday, during family holidays, things always go wrong. So there's always going to be those disasters. But for every book in this series, there is also a natural disaster that takes place at the same time, just for a little bit of extra... A bit of extra fun. Um, but also uh, along the journey, so there's Jacob and his parents who, um, and they, they're on this this holiday because the dad is suffering from a lot of stress. He's the sort of dad that worries about everything, won't spend a penny unless he has to. So he's very stressed and they think a family holiday will be very relaxing for him. Little do they know that it's very much the opposite. But for Jacob, the worst thing is he has this very embarrassing thing happen at school, which involves this girl, Jody, who's obsessed with him. And she's a complete oddball. Um, the best example of that is that she collects bits of his hair when he thinks he's not looking and she's got this huge hairball which is just Jacob's hair that she keeps by her bedside so she's fully obsessed fully odd and um she, her mum and Jacob's mum are best friends and so on the day that they leave for the holiday they say to Jacob look we're really worried that you're going to have a horrible time because you know there are no kids you know hanging with your parents is a bit daggy but don't worry we've got a huge surprise for you and then of course a car pulls up and it's Jody. so she comes on the holiday as well um so everything that can go wrong does go wrong that's my elevator pitch. Does she bring the big ball of fur with her, of hair? Um, she doesn't. She does bring a lot of other things. So she's obsessed <laughs> with she's obsessed with snails. So everything kind of has a, a bit of a snail theme as well, which um, I love that. I love that fun, a lot. It's fun to see Chris mm. draw. I like to put in things in the book that will be odd for Chris to draw. Yeah. Just to well, that's that's my next question. What were the odd things? Was it the snails? Was it the big fur hairball? What was it? What was tricky for you? Oh, you know, there was a lot. There were lots of challenges in this book because it's a it's a much older reader age group than uh, the nerd herd. So with the nerd herd, I could go really sort of wacky and loony tunes. Whereas this was much more sort of um, focused on re reality in in a sense. Although they are still cartoon and characters, and still really out of the off the wall stuff happens. Um, so 
like every, every kind of scenario was a little bit more of a challenge for me because it was kind of pushing me out slightly more out of my my comfort zone you know when you look when you do look at a nerd herd or school of monsters or a crossbones it's all very wacky and make-believe and you sort of anything goes but this one i had to sort of make sure everything was was close to real life as i could possibly make it so in that in that respect even doing the things like the internal um, structure of an of a clapped out aeroplane for example mm. and how those seats might be strapped down you sort of got to think in those kind of terms now and and, and give it some believability to it um mm. so um i always appreciate a challenge and uh, nathan certainly has delivered one for me this time i love that what's interesting though is because chris i think he brings so much um like the the characters just come to life when you look at their faces and he does it with the nerd herd but here as well like it's just every picture is a delight but my favorite um face in the whole book is actually an inflatable toy it's just got this <laughs> this look on its face which makes me laugh every time and there's this whole sequence it's this big action sequence that this inflatable toy is is you know it features in all of these pictures and it's got the same this expression on the whole time <laughs> it, it cracks me up so yeah i love that i love how you can you know you can still surprise each other and challenge each other but what's it like coming from nerd herd different audience like you mentioned and then coming back working together um same energy between you maybe but different project different readership what was that like well in terms of when it when it happened we I mean I didn't know that it would be Chris we were sort of uh, Scholastic and I were talking about that's exciting the, that we wanted to have um you know and we talked about the types of illustrations we looked at books like the David Williams books and those books that are more text heavy but have mm -hmm. some illustrations that are sort of a little bit looser and um and so secretly, I mean, I always want to work with Chris, but I, I don't <laughs> say anything. I just wait and see what happens. So when they came back and said, actually, we're thinking Chris, I was like, yes, let's <laughs> ask him. Um, so that was that was really exciting um, for me. And then, but then I guess, you know, I kind of, I don't really think about uh, what, I mean, I, I get excited by what Chris will bring to the table, but I also, mm. I just focus on telling my story. And I think because I think we have similar senses of humour and it just gels together really well. But yeah, I certainly don't really think about that so much. I just get delighted when I see what happens. <laughs> I love that. What mm. about you, Chris, coming together, different experience though, like you mentioned before? Yeah, and as Nathan mentioned, I, I definitely got those same um, um, visual um briefs to to look at david williams and um even um jack heath's um kid series like the yeah. um stunt kid it was with max, um, max rimbaldi was that yes that's right yeah yeah max's work so they wanted something a bit looser a little bit more yeah a little bit older pitched but even though i try to to capture some of that energy, it's still, I, I still think it still needs to be how I would approach it at the same time. So you, you're not sort of directly lifting somebody else's style, but you're sort of um, borrowing an, an energy from it. So that these illustrations were, were much looser, much quicker, um, as opposed to a nerd herd, there was only so 60 illustrations through this, as opposed to 120 or something, wow. which is mm -hmm. so half half the amount of illustrations, and obviously um, a lot more text from Nathan, which is doing all the, all the heavy lifting. So, I, from my point of view, it was a really nice, relaxing experience actually, because I I didn't have that pressure on me to do every single page, 
and do a moment I could just cherry pick um, some of the real key moments and a lot of those moments get given to me as well as as um, suggestions um, but yeah it was not it was really nice to be able to just kind of relax for a little bit and even in in terms of style it was nice to have a like a relaxing um approach to it so um yeah now this is actually um this (laughs) is not stage at all he's trying to thought someone random just popped up in the zoom room (laughs) what is going on so adrian's been threatening to do this for a really long time because i'm lazy and i shouldn't say this but (laughs) i use the same zoom link right so i just go here's a zoom link everyone for your interview and adrian's like i'm gonna crash one of your interviews. So yeah. for those of you who cannot see the screen, which is all of which you is it's a podcast, Adrian's in a bed. <laughs> that <laughs> is true. He's doing book week in Sydney yep. with a Words yep. of Nerds t-shirt on and has just literally crashed this interview. <laughs> well, look. This is typical, is, typical Adrian. It is being recorded in book week, so I'm you know, in a hotel suite. Uh, I'm having an early night because I'm a little bit uh, I'm a little bit tired after uh, you know I don't really work up all day that often, Danny. <laughs> yes, um, oh, don't we know it? <laughs> but when you mentioned, and I've got a spoon in my hand. I'm sorry about that. It looks like I've got an. Uh, it's just because I'm about to tuck in. Like it's a work. podcast, so yeah. no one can oh. see. <laughs> um, the other half live. I know, I know that you're talking to the, the wonderful Chris and the wonderful Nathan, and I just I had to get a, be a part of it, even if it was just. To pop in as a surprise. Last time I message you and tell you who I'm interviewing at what yeah. time. <laughs> Adrian was telling us earlier today how he's been going to all the book fairs around the country and trying to persuade kids not to buy family disasters. Mm. So this, I think this is part of his plot. Yeah, I to- think so. No, it's a little bit of reverse psychology, you see, mm. you know. I'll so I go us. in and I say, it would be terrible to buy this book. And then they look at me and they think, what would this idiot know? And they go and buy five copies. <laughs> yeah, Can we you should... go around and do that for all of us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there was a scholastic book fair at the wonderful school that I was at today. And the 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 family disasters was flying off the shelf. It was um it was exciting to see. And it looked really good amongst uh, the cover really pops amongst all the others too, Chris. So uh well done to you too. It is it's a great read, and my daughter loved it too. We read it together. Oh, so you. now that you've just barged in on the interview, do you have a question? Or yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question. Um, where's a good Thai place to eat in Sydney? Um, <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> that's for after the interview. Um, no, my my question is, uh, what is it like, <laughs> sort of being a duo? but being in different states? Like, do you feel the need to catch up and chat face-to-face about stuff or does that not really matter in this day and age? And when you do get together, how, how is it presenting together and have you had a chance to do much of that? And uh, so I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking about a duo that works remotely. How does that work? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, so many parts to your question, Yeah, because I just sort of <laughs> came up with something off the top of my head. <laughs> Oh, well, there's no plan. One of the, one of the, no, there's yeah. no plan. No real plan. I know I so hit surprised. it well. Surprised. I know I hit it well, but well, I just kind of came up with that. Okay. Well, the, the an, first an thing, English podcasting. Yeah. The first thing I will say is that having a duo in terms of when you get 
certain successes like if you see the cover the like today we saw the iranian cover for book two so you've got that person you can go to straight away going hey i just saw this you know and so you can share all those successes with i i enjoy having that so i think chris and i have dialogues you know throughout each month when when stuff happens or if you like have you received this yet or what's happening with this (laughs) we've presented twice haven't we chris once online i think and once in person Yes, yeah, we got to do the Bendigo Writers Festival together, Ooh. which was which was very lovely. Um, Nathan was able to come all the way down to Victoria to my uh, home state and my hometown of Bendigo, and um, yeah, we that was our, our first in person uh, presentation, and we talked about the Nerdhead, and we also touched a little bit on um, our family disasters uh, of our own. Well, that's that actually was, that was, a great segue because mm. I want to hear about family disasters. And Adrian, I'll be coming for you as well. So, Chris, <laughs> okay, hit me with a family disaster. What's happened? Well, when we were when we were presenting together, I had to have a think about embarrassing family stories, and it it dawned on me quite quickly that I was the embarrassing member of the family because. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Jacob's family's got an embarrassing mom, he's got an embarrassing dad, embarrassing friends, and he's kind of sort of in the middle, although he does embarrass himself from time to time. But I was the klutz, I was the accident-prone kid. I would frequently fall off my bike and have big accidents. I, When I was three years old, I, I pulled the door open of our, our panel van, our family panel van, and bounced along the road because there were no seat belts back in those days. Um and yeah just just lots and lots of just moments where i just wasn't thinking properly <laughs> and i told a story about when i was in um we went i grew up in england so we we got to holiday in france and um well just just that one time actually and um there was a set of toilet blocks that were sort of open air toilet blocks you know unisex toilets anyone could come in and use and um in that i i I, um obviously had to use the facilities and as i was um completing my (laughs) business should we say (laughs) i I discovered that there was no toilet roll so that was that was the first gulp moment and um (laughs) luckily behind me i did find a um a spare roll I thought you were going to say a leaf or a tree or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't quite that bad. But in my in my haste and in my excitement to pick up this toilet roll, I I fumbled it. It didn't go in the toilet, but it did bounce on the floor and bounced underneath the door of this oh, big no. open block of toilets. And without thinking, I just started to, I pulled on a bit of toilet roll and just started to try and pull it back in. And my hands were appearing underneath the stall and um, I later found out that there was a whole line of people just watching my hands scrambling out <laughs> under this t- under this toilet door. And of course, as I'm pulling, the toilet roll is just unraveling, and it's and no um, one's helping you. They're doing. just watching. No one's helping. They're, they're no. laughing in 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 French, and uh, <laughs> well, I, I just end up the entire wee 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 wee. Yeah, so I just had the whole um, whole entire roll of brand new toilet roll in my arms and the empty roll outside of the toilet <laughs> and uh yeah i mean that that's one that really sticks in my mind because that was just 
mortifying and as I came out you know the whole line of people just sort of laughing at me <laughs> as, as I left an entire role in the toilet uh, and um, try to avoid everybody for the rest of the holiday basically How confronting yeah. realizing that you're the embarrassing person in your family um yeah I'm starting to yeah, think about yeah. those kind of reflections no. myself I Nathan, think it was about, about nine as well so <laughs> a very kind of very awkward time significant age significant age Nathan what about you family disaster or weird story I've heard a couple of yours I'm traumatized yeah no actually when it came to family holidays because we didn't take them very often because growing up on a farm you kind of have to be there for all the animals and uh, summer was always bushfire season so we only ever left in winter and we had one disastrous one um, which kind of ended the family holiday like that at the end of this holiday dad just put his foot down and said no never again and it was it was to Dubbo and I remember it clearly because we were at the zoo and my older brother who could be problematic at times he just went off his nut and he just ran away (laughs) you know this this huge zoo and then I was there trying to convince my family that you know he was acting like a wild animal he belonged to stay you know he needed to stay here and that we'd be better off without him and they said no we can't leave him so wasted opportunity I think (laughs) Um, yeah so that was kind of the the one that just broke the, the the camel's back there and we never holidayed again. As a, as a full group, we waited wow. until he left and then they started to do smaller groups and they gradually <laughs> grew gradually? them again. Yeah, yeah. Once they... Dipping once your you toe prove, back into the yeah, holiday. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like we were five boys. So can you imagine holiday wow. with five boys? That's not fun for anyone. I can't believe five boys went on holiday and five boys came back from holiday. Like, I know, that's it's That's impressive. Shame. <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nathan uh, and Chris, for that matter, you know, you, you both told stories about when you were kids. But um, the funny thing is I get, I've got to the point now where I'm looking at all these family books and all these family movies and, you know, cast that are families, and I start now to identify with the with the dad character. Do you sort of identify with the lead character kid who gets into mischief or do you identify with the uh, with the dad? I, I thought it was the kid until my kid started telling me, I thought it's just like the dad. He says it all the time now. And I've now caught myself. And it was just, the, I had that really horrible moment of realization like, mm. I am the dad. Yeah, so, yeah. I am middle aged. It's a very hard thing to come to terms yeah. with. It is like, we, it was a simple thing because the dad is so frugal. And there was a moment where I'd been given a voucher. <laughs> to go to the to go to the movies and so i'd picked a day when it was like two for one sort of thing and then i worked out all of the deals with all of the at the candy bar and we ended up spending i think it was five cents over the voucher and i was just so excited i'd be excited it. yeah yeah and that's we're in a like, financial oh housing crisis nathan i think that's I smart not for it is smart that's i'm gonna right. get, some, get some hot tips financial <laughs> tips from nathan at the end. Yeah. yeah that's a good idea <laughs> Adrian, family disasters, or are you just the disaster whenever you just go on your holidays with your family? Um, yeah, look, I, I don't, I, I've had a lot of disasters. Mm, I'm surprised. Mm. But <laughs> one that sprung to mind immediately was when I took the kids to a uh, a little kind of wildlife park in Tassie, and we were at the, um, we were looking at the Tasmanian Devils, and they were sort of over the fence from me. And fortunately, and um, I had one of my daughters, she was a bit younger and had her in my arms and she grabbed the rim of my hat that I was wearing <laughs> and and in a, in a sort of speed that she'd never shown before and frankly hasn't shown much since, she whipped it off 
my head <laughs> and flung it like a frisbee into the Tassie <laughs> Devil enclosure. <laughs> and and for a fleeting moment, I put her down, I put her down and I had a look, and for a fleeting moment, I thought, I can jump the fence here. I reckon I could jump the fence, get my cat back and jump back before the Tassie Devils attack. <laughs> so, and so I had a look at, I sort of had a, an idea of where I thought that the last one I'd seen had sort of ducked into the So into many the, issues uh, with this story. <laughs> and I, I felt myself getting a little bit closer <laughs> and I felt my leg lifting and I was about to jump the fence and that's when the when the talk happened from the guide and uh, it's, I, I sort of came to my senses and he said, oh, has anyone lost a hat? And he flung it back to me. As casual as you like, um, but yeah, I I almost I almost was tempted to jump into a Tassie Devil enclosure, and that would have made for a huge disaster, I'm sure. I actually, mm. would have made for a much better story, but uh... <laughs> yeah, but I'm not I'm not actually if I, I'm not I don't think I would have done it, even if the guide hadn't have turned up. That's a shame. Well, if oh, I was that, there, I would have been egging you on and said it's you totally said you acceptable. Do it. Do it. In fact, you should backflip in. I should film it and it'll be great. <laughs> my 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 wife, when she was a kid, she was at a zoo in Thailand and Danielle was flung into a crocodile enclosure. And I nearly went into a Tassie Devil enclosure. Yeah, you nearly had a story for us. <laughs> <laughs> nearly. Nearly, nearly. I'm going to tell you family disaster real quick. Uh, camping trip, not a camper, went anyway. Camping was wonderful. Got in the car to drive home. You know, just me and my kids. Partner went other direction. I went other direction. All my lights started coming on in my car. I'm like, well, that probably isn't good. I just kept driving. Uh, probably should have not done that. Uh, pulled over because well, actually I didn't pull over. My car just seized and stopped working. Five minutes to go before everything shuts. I'm in the middle of Bega. Call the NRMA. They get there. They lift up my bonnet and tell me that a giant rat, and it was a giant rat because I saw it had eaten my fan belt. And so I was stuck in Bega with my children. There was no accommodation because it was holiday period. Um, ended up having a lot of people help me out. NRMA just drove me very quickly to get a hire car. I left my car in Beaker and got a hire car and drove to Canberra to the safety of a, of a hotel. But um, apparently uh, in Beaker, happens all the time. Rats oh. get into, into, into engines? Rats. Yes. Really? Yes. So <laughs> family disaster. Still scarred from that. Um, <laughs> anyway, tell us, getting back to your book, even though family disasters are, um, you know, they are very amusing. And I know I've heard one of your stories, Nathan, about photograph and dead animal. And uh -huh. I'm still scarred by that a little bit. Um, but how do you know when you are being funny to kids and you're hitting the mark both in the text and in the visual images? Mm. How do you know? Do you ever know? <laughs> I don't know. I, th I think like, for, I think that both, I, I would, um, I'm speaking for you, Chris, but I think that both of us, um, our humour is kind of pitched at both adults and kids mm -hmm. anyway. Um, so I think there are jokes in the, in both Nerd Herd and this that really, like we hear from adults who are reading it with their kids who, you know, find certain things really, really funny. But then there's also, there's a lot of the gross out stuff, um, you know, for some of those younger kids who find that really funny. And so I think it's it's pitched at lots of levels. And I think that's how we kind of get away with it all by by having that mixture. And hopefully there's something within all that that will make you laugh. <laughs> Chris, yeah. same, same, but different. Yeah. 
Same, same. Yeah, and and, and also there's um, opportunities to to bring in some some visual humour that um, isn't always um, written. It's not spoken. Things like um, um, the dad having sort of um, kneeling socks and, and Crocs, for example, you know, that, that great combination of things. And, you know, just a, a daggy bum bag and just just trying to find um, clothing choices as well that would sort of speak to their characters and, and what would be the most embarrassing thing for Jacob to be seen with when he's on holiday. And the same with Jodie as well, where she's, you know, dressed up as a snail and things like that. So it's <laughs> it's 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 all of those moments that you can really double down on and just make as as funny and quirky and um, and cringe inducing as as possible. I think I saw Adrian in croc socks and a bum bag at Book Week today. Yeah, I didn't think that they were daggy. I mean, <laughs> I, I actually they're not daggy anymore. My wife, oh. she's she knows about fashion. She tell we that's all we're packed for. We're about to go on a trip. Wow. as research for the next book mm. and um that's what we're packed we've got our bum bags we've got our crocs we've got our socks we're ready mm. to hit the, I can't the catwalks wait. in here yeah, i do i apologize for those pictures <laughs> <laughs> and um what do you put in a bum bag these days snacks hmm. they're a bit small I think, yeah. well, I think yeah, the trick, because the bum bag, don't tell all the thieves or the pickpockets in Europe, but I think the trick is you kind of tuck it into your pants a little bit. So oh, it's Your money and your, your phone. And so it's a flat there. bum bag, not one of those. Yeah, you want it to be quite flat because if it's right. too, otherwise you, you start to look yeah. like you've got a very weird body shape. Yes, yes. Tuck that in. <laughs> is that what I'm doing wrong? That is wow. what you're doing wrong. <laughs> you've heard it here first, people. Actually, Crocs and socks and tips on how to wear a bum bag. <laughs> a, a friend of mine had a... A, a bum bag that was um, printed with a an actual belly, like a hairy Ooh. belly and, uh, and belly button. No and one's stealing anything it. out of that. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah. she was a bit of a dag. But she would have it like sort of pe- peeping out through her uh, underneath her t shirt, so it actually looked like her stomach mm. was hanging. <laughs> hanging <laughs> Please up. come to this episode <laughs> for fashion tips, <laughs> life tips, hang on a holiday what tips. I want to know is- why is it called a bum bag when you wear it around the front? It's a great question. I don't. I don't think it was designed that way. I think it's we've you know we've just mm. spun it around, we've haven't we? Spun yeah. it around. <laughs> gut For bag. It's a gut bag. <laughs> well, I really like. Yeah. I really like that we ask the hard hitting questions <laughs> on the yeah. Words and Nerds podcast. Yeah, But a lot of people, a lot of people actually wear the cool way of wearing a bum bag is over. Yeah, there's a cool your, way to wear. A there bum is a cool bag. way. It's it's like you would wear a money belt, I guess. It's like across over your shoulder, like a sling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. the cool. Like I think Ken does it in the Barbie. Movie. Oh well, then it must be cool. Yeah. It's very European. You it see that very European. Yeah. yeah. Well, if Ken's doing it, you know, yeah. everyone That's should right. be doing it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you got a final question, um, person who's just barged into this episode. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm wondering. I'm wondering where you're going to take the family next. I mean, mm. there's a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of book one, mm. and then book two. I've got a feeling, but uh, mm. you know, do, do you get to write off these tax? Do you get up to do it, go on family holidays and get to write them off as tax, or where do you think you, that this could end up? 
that's that's the plan to just constantly be holidaying it's clever on, yeah yeah as a tax write-off yeah, we look we've we've got what once we once i started writing book two we'd already signed on for book three so i knew we at least had three books so the, these books actually do follow straight on so it's all one holiday until the end of book three um and I I do this thing that in every book that I write for Scholastic, I put in a hopeful cliffhanger with the hope that they'll just let me keep keep writing and they have to go out if of the way. you're listening, Scholastic. <laughs> I like book it. You four, trick them into five, book yeah, yeah. six coming your way. So they, they have to go out of their way to then tell you, actually, no, you need to, to end mm-hmm. it properly. Um, so who the knows? The holiday's over. Yeah, no, <laughs> Yeah, so book three, even though it's the end of this particular holiday, there there is a hopeful cliffhanger there. Mm, and clever. Um, yeah, because I want to take them somewhere special. Chris doesn't know, but um, somewhere special for him to draw. Wow. My <laughs> mind secret. is going everywhere. Somewhere special for oh. you to draw. I can't wait. Yeah. I hope you can wear Crocs and socks. That's all I can say. Oh, yeah. I hope Definitely. it's Crocs and socks yep. weather. Mm. Well, he's, he's had to do, because the second book is cruise ship, so he's had to do yeah. a whole massive cruise ship. First book is this island. Third book is a road trip, was, is all I'll say. Road trip. Um, yeah, a, I know, family holidays, road trip. It had to be done. Um, to Chris be. hasn't read that one yet, um, but that's kind no, of his way. No, this is all new information. Road trips are fantastic. And a cruise, like fashion on a cruise is pretty special because yeah. everyone just gets out the Hawaiian shirts yeah. and you know, all the kind of things that you wouldn't wear. Yeah. All day. Can I just say one thing about the cruise ship is that I have not been on a cruise ship and I was okay. writing a lot of this during COVID mm-hmm. when all the cruise ships had, had stopped. And so I went to my parents for advice because they had been on a cruise and they'd done one in the Pacific. And I said, oh, can you tell me, you, know, you went on this amazing cruise for however many weeks, what was the highlight? What did you do? And dad, all he would say is there was this free coffee machine mm. on you know, a certain floor and you go there every day and you get a cappuccino. It was amazing. Yeah, look, I relate. I relate. I went on a four-day cruise and I, I don't really like being stuck on boats, but I really mm. liked, you know, you could get ice cream 24 hours a day, Nathan. Mm. Like, That's so, a payoff. So helpful. It's a highlight. But, I, but when you do, when if you're out there and you read, you read book two, you will see the coffee machine made it into the book. Well, it's so, important. So thanks, Dad. In the end, you actually were helpful. Or <laughs> well, you had no thanks. choice right. because that's all that he told that's you. All so you that's all I knew. That's right. <laughs> all you had to work with. Coffee machine, that's it. Who knows what else they do? I don't. <laughs> Ice cream. Ice cream and uh, coffee machine, that's it. I should, have, I should have spoken to you. I didn't. All you got to do. <laughs> hey, I've got a brilliant question. Uh, mm. my, my first one ever. Mm. Um, now, Nathan wears many hats. He's also the wonderful festival programmer for the Sydney Writers Festival. And I, you know, in that role, you see so many people presenting. So I wonder, Nathan, in all your experience watching everyone do their thing, uh, authors, illustrators, all of them, what have you learnt about what makes a great presentation? What makes for a great author, uh, creator, illustration? Illustration. (laughs) Presentation. Presentation. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a bit only because I, I'd saw as part of the Writers Festival, I did see some um, presentations for in in the adult program that um, I mean I was very tired during that time. Adrian was there. We were you know mm. working long days, so yeah. it didn't take much for me <laughs> to fall asleep. But I certainly did fall asleep during. <laughs> we it. had a couple of late nights too, if I remember <laughs> correctly. Did. But it has nothing to do with your presentation, Adrian. That he fell asleep. Oh. He was really tired. Not, yeah. Not, not, <laughs> yes. Exactly. But we. <laughs> 
it's that thing that not all writers are good public speakers. You know, a lot of us are actually very introverted and mm. that, that idea of having to go out and talk to kids is scary um, or talk to audiences. But I, but the kid um, pr- presenters that we had were so engaging and even um, some of the people who don't know kids' literature at all would walk past and just stop and just be so transfixed. And I think a big part of it is just good quality storytelling. So when you see these people just tell a good, you know, story and the kids are on the edge of their seat wanting to find out what happens next, kids love to hear about us when we were kids as well. Um, So I I think it just comes down to that and and seeing presenters who are just uh, having fun themselves. um, they're telling those stories and so i as a an adult loved like the the um the family days where adrian was there every one of those presenters i listened to him a number of times no it's a good answer because it it makes sense like because the storytelling on a stage is quite a different quite different to sell funny because it's they are quite different skills and you, sometimes you expect someone who's a great storyteller in the written word to uh also be an excellent storyteller on stage and it's not always the case so that's um it's a really good, uh, really good tip to uh, make sure that you uh, hone your craft in that way. Yeah, because you're, you're also you're reading the room. It's a live it's live storytelling. Is you've really got to pick up on what the audience is yeah. giving you. You've yeah. got to adapt and see. And with a young audience, you know exactly if you've got them because if you don't, they're talking over you. So yeah. you, you've got to earn that. And I think the ones who have been doing it for a while, you just get better the more that you do it. The ones who've been doing it for a while just know how to how to do that. I would I would add to that too that um from from an illustrator point of view that when you're doing when i'm doing school talks kids really want to be involved and they're absolutely itching to like pick up a pencil and a bit of paper and um do something sort of active so usually when i do my um author talks or illustrator talks um it's about 50 50 it's 50 percent of me talking 50 percent of an activity Actually, just this last week, I did an activity based around family disasters. And I got, because I was doing older older kids, so grade fives and sixes. And by that stage, not everyone's really happy to do drawing. So mm. I said, you, you've got a choice. You can write a, a funny story or you can illustrate um, something funny that's happened to you or embarrassing or an accident or something like that. Mm. And what we had ended up doing was the ones that um, didn't draw their own scenario, I would draw live as they were um, telling their story to the rest of the class. And that was that was actually really fun. That's great. Um, and I, I'd never done that before. And it, so it was a good experience and a good experiment just to get mm. them out of their shells. They love telling stories about ones. their lives, the kids. They do. My they mistake do. was and asking they often... them if they have a pet because that's all that happens in 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah well i asked yeah. i said i said today today in one of the schools i was at i said because i've got i talk about uh, a book i've got which has got a cat as a lead character and i said does anyone have a cat and um uh, oh. one kid put his hand up and said i had a cat that died yesterday <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh no where do you oh. take that you just ignore it and move on or you, what do you do Oh, oh, oh I, I can't. I think I've blanked it from my mind. I think I tried to say say some, you know, nice things. They'll just, yeah. That's the that you know that is the fun thing about presenting though is, particularly when you're presenting to kids, mm. you never quite know where they're going to take mm-hmm. it next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I've been yeah. reading Epic Dad to really little kids, and I thought they were going to be afraid of some of the wild stuff that happens, but. They're like, oh, no, dad will get his, because I'm like trying to guess what's going to happen to dad. And they're like, oh, there's going to get his head bitten off by a shark. I'm like, 
no. So they think of much worse things than I have put in the book, which is, you know, kind of good, I guess. <laughs> They're scarring me, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. You can usually tell which kids have got older siblings yeah. because they're the ones that come up with yeah <laughs> with the grossest <laughs> stuff yeah, the other the phenomenon that i've discovered is that i I'm usually talk in cities and so you tell i tell all these farm stories and the mm. kids is like whoa they can't believe that happened and yeah. you know that they, they love them and i tried doing that in the country town and the kids were just so unimpressed and then they started telling me their stories that were so much worse like you think that's a story listen to this so, yeah, that's a not a different... story oh that's very really yeah. funny Can, stories in different contexts so have you stolen some of their stories to tell yeah yeah, yeah. I, I tell them that i'm, I'm a yeah. story stealer i said yeah. when they ask where do you get your ideas from talking you to yeah <laughs> All of you. Yeah. Hey Nathan. Nathan, yes. you can you can have my uh, Tassie Devil story if you like. I'll give that to you for nothing. Okay, I, I might change the ending. Can you know, <laughs> give it an ending? Can but, you um... have that? He actually went in there. Can yeah. you give it an ending? That yeah. Can one? you yeah. can you give it a story? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All of that stuff. It might just need a little bit of tweaking. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Thank you. Thanks. I might, might need a complete rewrite, but I'm not an editor. I don't know. <laughs> you're just Thanks the long you, pad, Adrian. You're just there for the. It's it's what's known as a story starter. That's ah. you know, mm-hmm. it's a, a story you know. stopper. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, it's been a pleasure speaking to the famous duo, Chris and Nathan. Who can I say are so in sync? They're actually wearing the same outfit today. I feel a bit left out. In... Hey, you haven't asked them that question you ask all the, everyone that comes on. Oh, you want me to ask that question? I thought I'd yeah, ask well, them. Okay, let's catchphrase. Let's, let's do it. All right. Okay. Um, why do you create? Or why do you keep creating? Because I have asked you this before. Yeah, why do you keep doing it? Chris, you can take that one first. Correct. Oh, why do I keep doing <laughs> Nathan it? Nathan wants to think. I think, <laughs> you know, I think at this stage now, I'm a little bit addicted to it. And I just can't imagine myself doing any anything else. And even when I've got nothing to do on those rare occasions, I'm thinking about other things that I could be drawing or, or other ideas that maybe I could draw for myself. So uh, it's a bit of a compulsion now, I think. I don't think I could even contemplate doing anything else. That's funny because that sounds exactly like Adrian and cream eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a bit of an addiction. In fact, he's addicted, uh, I, he's addicted to writing. Can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> it's a I'm totally addicted to bass. So, you know, we've both got our own addictions. <laughs> Nathan, have you thought of something inspiring what, yeah. to end this no, conversation? Not- <laughs> Not inspiring. I think the, the answer I gave last time, it's just, it. it is, it's like Chris, it's a compulsion, but it's also, I get really cranky when I don't write. If I go days at a time, like if, sometimes you get so busy with other things, but if it's a huge amount of time, I start to feel myself being really um, short tempered. And so for me, it's, it's a release of a whole bunch of things. It's therapeutic. Um, so I, I couldn't not do it. I love that. So if you've seen Nathan and he's a bit cranky, throw him a pad in mm-hmm. it piece of paper and a pen and he'll be right in half an hour <laughs> and i'll give adrian a call for a story starter and I'll be yeah. happy and if adrian's grumpy throw him a cream egg he'll be happy too <laughs> that's right and i'll get you started and i'll talk about the tassie devil look that'll i'll tell i'll tell that story uh, tomorrow i'm going to try that story yeah, out can tomorrow you? Can you in a presentation and i'll get back to you uh and i'll Those let you know how it goes poor children okay. <laughs> mm.
<laughs> what school is it? Stay at home from school tomorrow, kids. <laughs> They'll love it. Watch reruns of Bluey. You'll learn more. No, just hey, joking. Are we likely to see the nerd herd animals ever like pop up in a cameo in the family disaster at any point? Would that cross over? Yeah. Who knows? They might drive past think... a paddock on the road trip and see Barney. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> looking now. I'm just flicking through my copy because I did consider. Oh, oh it didn't make it through. Oh, the downer? That's a dis that's like one of your stories, Adrian. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Almost a, a story. Um, there was th there was this this scene that is not good for listeners, but when they're in the um aeroplane, that full page one there, I did have one of the chooks in the background, oh, one of the nerd wow. chooks in the background, in, in the rough drawing. And Ooh. I don't know if it was a note or for some reason it didn't make it through into the final yeah. thing. Chicken mm -hmm. didn't Maybe make the cut. Well, Chris yeah. and I want to have the bird, the bird herd, don't we? That's the spin-off series at yes. some stage. Take them on the road. <laughs> that just seems like the most natural progression for the for the nerd herd stories, and have yeah. the nerd herd as cameos in the yeah. in the in the in the Chook story. When the yeah. ideas don't stop in this episode, yeah. fashion advice, uh, how to wear a bum bag, story ideas. It's just you know, honestly, lots of advice tonight for listeners. <laughs> That's true. Chooks in the in the Tassie Devil included. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe I need to add the chook. <laughs> maybe you need to add yeah. a lot of things, but you know, who am I? <laughs> no, I think just the plot would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and character, maybe. Mm. <laughs> and an ending, yeah. possibly. Yeah. You sound like my editors. <laughs> some, some tension. <laughs> Climax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh well look i'll work on it I'll, that's just draft one <laughs> Good. well thank you so much chris and nathan i'm not sure if i'm thanking adrian for crashing the party i'll think about it but um it's always a pleasure congratulations on family disasters i know everyone can relate everyone has had a family disaster if they're a kid or they've got kids or there's one coming your way i'm sorry to tell you so we hope your family holiday coming up nathan with your bum bag and your crocs and your socks goes swimmingly well thank you